When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. To Team of Our Lives, the only Nordies based football podcast that is guaranteed to stay in your head rent free and possibly make the Spotify wrapped 2021 list. Those have been flying around the social medias as of present, and not once have I seen Team of Our Lives. Actually, that's a lie. I saw it on my top five, uh, which surely doesn't count. <laughs> there we go. Um, so, what we're trying to say politely is um, when you listen to it, listen to it again and again and again, and uh, just you know, like one of those birds that Homer Simpson has, kind of constantly pressing the mouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. Uh, welcome back to uh, Team of Lives, the Naughty Space Football Podcast. Uh, the only best one, of course. Hope we're all well. Uh, this is somewhat of a Michael Carrick of an episode, in which I mean it's an interim, or Ralph Ragnick would probably be the better man to say that. Um, so this is a bit of an interim podcast. No guests this week. We're talking all about the players you thought retired in the 90s, but actually carried on playing in the noughties, so some of the world's biggest legends, some of football's biggest legends, actually retired in the noughties and not in the nineties. We're going to be speaking about a few of them in this kind of mini episode. Uh, joined with me as ever is Portsmouth fan, all-round good guy, Mr. Harry Hansford. 
How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Good stuff. Um, so before we get on to the legends, you've actually progressed to have a career in the noughties. Uh, we need to update you with certain things. I think it's gone live on Twitter now. In fact, I know it's gone live because I've done it myself. Um, we have a very, very special event coming up in a couple of weeks' time. It is the first ever Team of Our Lives Noughties football Christmas quiz. Um, where we'll be inviting back guests from past and present to fight over a signed Spain shirt by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Xabi Alonso. Um, so you're not going to want to miss that one. Stick around, tell your friends. And uh, when you listen to it, bring a pen and paper because you might want to try and beat whoever wins or just get a, you know, a decent score and let us know how you got on. Um, also, we haven't done an FPR update in a while. So obviously, if you're in the Team of Our Lives League, um, it is still at the helm. First place is still, is it that dude? Ahmed Kimiri, I think his name is. And he is absolutely storming at the moment. Um, I've spent the last three or four weeks in seventh. Yeah, mid-table. Well, upper mid-table. I went to fourth at the weekend. And because there's currently games on as, we, as we're speaking, because it's mid- midweek games, I'm now back in seventh. So maybe I just need to get like the tattoo of number seven and I'll go up to first. Um <laughs> Let's have a look at my team quickly. And let's use be my star players. Uh, Kante's injured. Jorginho's injured. Bloody hell. Um, let's go back one week quickly. Yeah, Dennis for Watford has been absolutely amazing. He's he saved me. Salah saved me. Van Dyke saved me. Ramsdale in goal. He's done he's done a lot of work for me as well. Um, Lukaku and Ronaldo have done pretty much fuck all. And they're really expensive. Um, so I'm debating getting rid of those. If you go a bit further up the table to the likes of Matt Gill or Matt Gillard doing very very well with Antonio Ivan Tony Jota Salah Rafinha Rafinha seems to be in a lot of people's teams doing quite well as well uh, Harry do you want to take over things down the bottom of the table because what's, yeah. what's, what's happened to you uh, so uh, they're trying to you know tinker with the team what's obviously cost me points and uh wasn't getting me any progress. I was remaining in, in the 13th spot I've occupied for, I'd say, majority of this uh, season. And now I've fallen <laughs> down to the 16th, as we speak, with midweek games. Um, yeah, like you said, I had Ronaldo, Lukaku, they, they've gone. Uh, but, I've, you know, I've, I've not had much success. I stupidly listened to you and brought, took out Ivan Tony as he went on and got nine points last week. Uh, yeah, Last week, my best player was obviously Salah and uh, I think Sanchez from Brighton got oh, me yeah. eight points. But uh, that was about it, really. Everyone else was twos and ones. And, you know, I've got like Cancinello in there who got one last week. And uh, it's not looking good. If I'm more tinker with my side, the less it gets. I don't know what I'm doing. But, <laughs> you know. I think. Um... I've managed to get above the average score most weeks. I think every week, and I'm happy of that. But yeah, it is kind of a kind of annoying, I guess, isn't it? So it's, it's a a stalemate. We just don't seem to be moving. Everyone else seems to be flying up and down. Yeah, we're just well, we're just in this. We're both in the same space. I'm hoping that I've only had one player playing this midweek game. So I'm hoping by the end of tomorrow, I'll at least got back to my fair team spot. <laughs> 
Terrible transfers well, so, again. Well, so I'm on 765. The person tops on 867. So he's over 100 points ahead of me. Yeah. I mean, if he has one bad week and I have a good week, that could potentially nice. change. Um, and then I'm at 40, 50 behind second. So I'm not... I still you know, I'm a bit like Leicester, you know what I mean? Like mid-table, potentially still make Champions League, but it's, it's a bit of a long shot. But uh, who knows? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes next time. Uh, also, we're bringing back, it's been a while since we've done it, Wiki Races. Um, this is the Wikipedia game in which you have to get from one naughty footballer to the other in as few links as possible uh, without going back. So this week, we had to get from Jonathan Woodgate to Torsten Frings in as least clicks as possible. What I mean by that is clicking the hyperlink uh, to get to their page. Um, Harry... I was I was watching you while you were doing this, and I looked like you struggled. So, would you like to go yeah. first and tell me how you've done this? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, could have been all right, but I made a mistake along the way. So here we go. So, I start obviously started on Woodgate's page, and uh, found mention of the uh, Champions League. So went and clicked straight there. Obviously, in the Champions League page, it mentions how Bayern Munich are the only team to uh, have won every game. On a route to winning the trophy, so clicked by Munich, and I'm thinking, all right, Frings is there. What sort of tie? I know it's like maybe it's just one season, maybe it was two. And I ended up clicking for 2005-2006 Bundesliga season, scrolling down for like the championship winning squad. He's, he's not there. Um, so I'm looking through and I'm trying to find like who else was there, like at a similar time, and I see Michael Balak's name. Click on him, go through his page, hoping there's some mention of them playing together. Nothing. But it does mention the 2004-2005 Bundesliga. And I was like, that's the year he was there. Clicked that, <laughs> went down to the championship winning squad, and there he was. So Champions League is one click. FC Bayern is the second click. 05-06 season is the third click. Balak is the fourth. 2004-2005 is the fifth click. And then I suppose Frings himself is the sixth hyperlink I had clicked upon. So six, yeah. not great, not great at all. Very beatable. No, terrible. Um, so I went, obviously, starting Jonathan Woodgate. Now, I knew, I said this to you before we started as well, Torsten Frings is probably most famous for scoring that goal in the opening game of the 2006 World Cup against Costa Rica. So I went... Jonathan Woodgate obviously played for England. So I clicked England, scrolled down, and there I saw a thing that said England's rival with Germany. Oh. Clicked on that. Then on that page, I clicked on 2006 World Cup. And if you scroll down, it tells you all the goal scorers of that tournament, of which Torsten Frings scored that goal only. Um, so that was England's rivalry with Germany, 2006 World Cup. Torsten Frings. So four. Fair enough. So you messed up as soon as you pressed Champions League, really, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I, if I clicked the... If I went Champions League FC Bayern 0-4-0-5 season straight away, we'd be what, one, two, three. We'd be in all four each. But uh, So thanks for being interested. Yeah, <laughs> yeah stupidly went to the 0-5-0-6 season instead. I don't even remember him playing for Bayern. I always see him in like a Werder Bremen shirt. He was there for like one season, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, okay, fair yeah, enough. and I knew it was one season, and I knew it was in the middle of the, of the noise. 
And I was like, I've got an 0506 or an 0405. I knew it was somewhere in between that sort of, I just clicked the wrong one. Uh, it's all good. All good. Anyway, let's move on to our bulk of the show then. Um, today we are talking about uh, legends of the game that retired in the noughties. Some, some of whom I certainly thought retired in the 90s or maybe even before that. Some of these names, I just, I've been doing a bit of research today. I just generally didn't know, um, still carry on playing into the noughties. And hopefully you didn't too. Otherwise, it's going to be quite a boring episode for you, I guess. Um, but let's start at the top. Um, Neville Southall. Uh, I know we've spoken about him before because I uh, essentially broke his nose by uh, kicking <laughs> the ball on his head when he was at Torquay. So obviously, listeners of the podcast, you may know this already. But obviously, he's a legend in the 80s with Everton, uh, winning the league twice and two FA Cups as well. Now, the 80s to me seems like a lifetime ago. So thinking he probably retired in like 99 is probably about right. Um, but he actually made eight appearances for uh, Doncaster, um, became player manager of Torquay in 1999, no, 99, 2000. Um, and then somehow went from the third division back into the Premier League, where he was a reserve goalkeeper for Bradford City in uh, 2000, 2001. Oh. And then... Um, Made appearances for Real, York City, Shrewsbury Town, Dover, and in 2002 with Dagenham and Redbridge. I mean, what a collection of clubs. <laughs> I think as, as a goalkeeper, like you get that a bit more longevity, I think, don't you? There's longevity, anyway. and then there's taking the pace. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I really, I admire Neville Southall. He's obviously had an established career with Wales as well. He was the most unorthodox-looking footballer you've ever seen. He would look more like a rhino, didn't he, or a tank or something. He's <laughs> just, a, just, a, just a huge guy, but he could, <laughs> he could move about like nobody's business in his prime. But uh, I think it's safe to say he wasn't diving much when he was playing at uh, Dover or Dagenham yeah. uh, or Torquay. That man, I remember seeing him. He was a big chap. Um, yeah, good keeper though, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, in his prime, I don't know, I, I can't speak for his days at Dover. No, he must have just lived still, like, had a house in in the area or something, and it was a bit of a favor, like, I'll come play 10 games or whatever. I don't know how, how many games he played, but I don't think he even played that to be honest. Yeah, it's well, usually, he, was still, it's usually he was still an active player. Um, Next player, or you've spoken about him a bit before, Harry, is uh, Roberto Mancini, a legend in the 80s and 90s with the likes of Sampdoria, won, won Serie A with Sampdoria, with that legendary team, mid-90s, and uh, also with Lazio under Sven. Um, in 2001, found himself on loan at Leicester City, as we've discussed before, um, but he left in February, so he left like halfway through the season, which is a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's like one of those things, like, just didn't work out, I suppose. I think he got homesick or something. He only made five appearances. And I just imagine he just didn't like it. I suppose if I was Leicester. Yeah, if I was oh, I was trapped in Leicester. I don't I can't imagine I'd have liked it either. But um you understand what I mean. I, I certainly thought I was back in the noughties when I was a young whippersnapper, I didn't really know of Mancini, but knowing the career he's had since then and then learning that he was still active in the noughties is pretty mad, yeah. isn't it? It's crazy, especially because like when you when you picture him as that sort of Man City manager, you sort of you know it's only like a decade later, and yeah. And you sort of you sort of picture him as looking not that he, obviously he's always looked very well for, 
for his age, but he looked like an older man. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't think, yeah. oh, 10 years ago, he was still running around on the pitch. Like, but that's just, I suppose, that's our age showing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, this next one, I'm sure everyone will know, but I just thought it'd be quite interesting to bring it up anyway. Uh, Patrick Cliver, uh, obviously famous yeah. for the Netherlands, probably most famous for being part of that uh, 1995 Ajax Champions League winning team. Um, and then he would come Barcelona's main striker way before you know, Messi's and Ronaldinho's and uh, Eto's way before that. Um, Cliver was the main man at the top. Um, and then he kind of transitioned. Not many people moved from Barcelona to uh, Newcastle. Um, particularly when they're on the decline in 2004, but uh, Patrick Clive certainly done that. And he only made 25 appearances and only scored one goal. And he played up until 2008, which I, I wow. never remember seeing him on, on the um, uh, FIFA games, mm. uh, which is mad. Um, so he played for Valencia, PSV, actually won a league title with PSV, um, and then finished his career with Lille, um, which I think his, his, his son played for Lille at some point, Justin Clive. Oh, he sounds, yeah, maybe he sounds. He's appeared at a few of these uh, old clubs, and he's trying to recreate that magic, I believe. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, Patrick Clive didn't hasn't scored that many goals. He, oh, for a striker, I guess when you when we mm. think of like legends or people who appear as icons in FIFA, you think, oh, they must have scored hundreds. He's got like under two hundred career goals. So I don't think he's he was nowhere near as prolific as people make out. Uh, but obviously, still a good player. Yeah, definitely. I think maybe it's just a different style of play as well. And uh, I always remember him, like, I know it was only, like you say, it's only 25 appearances, but I always, as a kid, remember him in that Newcastle chair. And just be, and, and, and even then being like, he's too good to be playing for this team, even though, you know, apparently he only scored one goal. <laughs> He's 25 appearances. But it's, what, I still felt like he was too good. It's one more than Alan Smith in 90 odd appearances. Oh, bless. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, so much. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, Newcastle have got a weird thing with strikers because since Shearer, have they had a decent striker, like a properly Andy Carroll, maybe? But he, <laughs> no, he wasn't there that long. And when Andy yeah. Carroll was the best striker since Shearer, you know, something's gone wrong. Yeah, uh, Owen, Owen was a flop. Can't really think of what they've had. I'm sure they have. Uh, Amiobi, I suppose he, he was good in the championship. Noise, noise, yeah. Oh. They had Denver Bar for a couple of seasons, didn't they? Oh, yeah, him in uh, Denver Bar and Cisse. Yeah. Before oh. he made his big move. There we go. Um, next, this one's probably my favourite of the whole list we've got. Now, in my, I don't know about you, Harry, but okay, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you if you'll say first, actually. When I say Roberto Baggio, what comes yeah. into your head? Well, the nineties really isn't it? It's just he's 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 like how some players just sum up a decade. He's one of those, really, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So obviously, if you listen to this, we're going to assume you know a lot about football, and you're going to assume you know who Roberto Baggio is. The ponytail, the miss, and the final in the World Cup '94. Um, I just thought he disappeared after that because obviously it was, it was well documented. He was kind of. Uh, Blasted in Italy for missing that penalty, um, but obviously the year before that he won the Ballon d'Or and FIFA World Player of the Year uh, in '93. Yeah, um, so many. I, I assumed he just retired afterwards or kind of just like played in Serie B or something, um, but he didn't. 
So when he left Inter Milan, he actually decided he could have went anywhere as a free agent and he decided to move to Brescia, who had just been promoted that season. This is um, the 2000-2001 season. Um, so he decided to go to the Serie A New Boys and he instantly became their number 10 and like instantly became their captain as well. And um, he scored 46 goals in 100 appearances from 2000 to 2004. So he actually retired in 2004, oh, wow. uh, which is like 10 years after that um, famous miss. Um, and then when he left, Brescia retired the number 10 shirt, which is like oh. unheard of, isn't it? Because so you don't, yeah, that's, that's like the main number. Like, you yeah. just try and sign a striker or something. You um, you retired like the number twelve because yeah oh it's for the fans twenty seven I mean, no one ever wants to wear it yeah twenty seven not number ten you'd have made um, United being like oh we're going to retire number seven rather than being like oh we've got this legacy of all these great players at number seven like, imagine if like they just retired it after a best left or whatever and yeah. then you never see any of those other great players in that shirt bizarre. Yeah, Michael Owen. Um, <laughs> Especially Michael yeah. Owen. Uh, but that's the... It gets a bit... It was weird, isn't it? Because he only just made over 100 and something appearance with them. He played more for Juventus and he played more yeah. for... Um, uh, who was it? Uh, was, was it Sampdoria? Something, I can't remember. Um, Probably the greatest time they had, I'd imagine, right? You know, like, yeah, absolutely. That point and, yeah, uh, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised if part of, like, his package going there would obviously be he was probably on four times the amount of any other player and I wouldn't be surprised if there was something there where he's like if I make this many appearances you know you're gonna make me a, like you know a legend by doing by retiring the shirt or whatever I wouldn't be surprised if that's somewhat in there just as a way to get him to this new you know the new boy team or um, yeah, was- promotion absolutely yeah. and they finished in their first season with him in the squad they finished seventh um, yeah, which is incredible. which is pretty good. Um what I've got written down here. So yeah, he was 38 when he retired in 2004, which I think I thought I think of Baggio like being 38 when he missed that penalty, like not when I was at school. <laughs> um yeah. So also he also still got capped for Italy in that time as well. So in 2004, uh, Giovanni Giovanni uh, who was managing Italy. Um, decided to give Baggio an international cap as like a farewell in his last okay. year of playing with Brescia. Um, nice. So at the age of 37, he made his last ever cap 10 years after the uh, the dreadful penalty incident. So he was, didn't score, but apparently he was like the best player on the pitch, got man of the match. And um, yeah, got a standing ovation. Just got shy of 300 career goals. Um, recently, he converted to Buddhism in like the noughties as well, which I thought was quite interesting. He's always had the hair for it. Um <laughs> Well, I suppose they're bored, aren't they? Buddhist. Yeah, yeah most, but yeah, like the, the, okay, like the, the monks are. I, I, yeah. I don't think it's a requirement, man. I'll be a follower. Uh, if Roberto Baggio is a monk, that'd be such a weird career path. <laughs> as, as any footballer become a monk, that's all I mean. Uh, Neymar in the episode of Money Heist, he's, he's a monk, but that's fiction. <laughs> I need to watch that because I'm, I'm so bewildered by that. I mean, was it, was it Gavin Peacock became a priest? One of the Chelsea players, oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, can but this is a quick quiz question. Do you know who else famous was in that Brescia side? Well, I suppose they're all famous, but who won yeah. notable players? Um, oh, see, Italy's not my strong point at all. Uh, yeah, it's just I think I have to tell me. Andre Perlo. Oh, okay, yeah, Luca Toni. 
Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's who he retired with. And uh, Dario Hubner as well. So that's a pretty good strike partnership. Um, what a team. What a team indeed. Uh, this one we've definitely spoken about before. Uh, Paul Gascoigne. Yes. Gazza himself. Because <clears throat> where do you stand on Paul Gascoigne? Um, undeniably talented. Did he have a great career? I'm guessing that's what you're asking. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, he had wonderful moments for England. But we, we, I think maybe we're, we were sort of just too young to really appreciate that, aren't we? So it's probably easy for us to sit here and go, not as good as people like to make him out to be. But I suppose we we didn't, you know, my, my, my first sort of World Cup memories are 98. So... Mm. I don't have Same. that sort of uh, emotional attachment. My, my my biggest, I've got two big memories of Gaza and that's my dad was a steward at Fran Park when he was playing for Boston and he had to escort him in and my dad coming home and telling that story because obviously to him, he was massive. And the other one is obviously the Ralmoat situation when he turns up with the full cans of beer it's like, let me go speak to the lunatic on the run with, with a gun and the police like, no, Gaza, go home. And that's mainly <laughs> my, my memories, you know? Oh, that's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, a bit of a tragic career, I guess. I mean, yeah, I think you're completely right in what you're saying. I was probably about to get myself cancelled by saying he wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll refrain from saying that, and those aren't my opinions. I think he was a great... It, it, bit like, it reminds me a bit like Neymar. He's never really... Mm. He's had great moments... But not a great career. Yeah, he, well, he I think needs, that's probably still quite controversial to say, but it's true. If he was around, like I don't know, even like probably really like ten or fifteen years later, when once Arsene Wenger had came to England and started teaching people how to eat healthy and look after themselves, he would have had a wonderful career. But at that time, the gaffers weren't going to tell you to stop going out and drinking and, and whatnot, were they? Because that was all just part of the British football culture. Yeah, product of his time. Um, anyway, but if you didn't know, after he kind of ran down his contract on Middlesbrough towards the end of the 90s, um, he still managed to form a career with Everton in the noughties for two years and then made six appearances for Burnley. Um, he also played in China for Gansu uh, Tinama. Before there was, was money in China football as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in 2002 um, and then famously moved as you just said to Boston United in 2004 who I believe then were in League 2 yeah um, he also had tr- a trial with Wolverhampton Wanderers and with Gillingham and they were both unsuccessful crazy so I imagine when he did go to Boston it was just a massive kind of cash in for them and for the yeah. Chinese side as well so it's kind of oh, a bit sad really isn't it yeah it definitely is because like it's you know, as much as we we can sit and go, oh, Neymar's never had any great moments, but Neymar's never going to end up playing League Two football. Obviously not, no. That's like, a good point, yeah. That, that sort of decline is, is, is crazy. But, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, next is the current president of Liberia. And former Ballon d'Or winner, <laughs> still the only African player to ever win it. It's the one and only George Weah. Uh, obviously, just famous in the nineties uh, with with uh, with uh, 
PSG and with Monaco and with AC Milan. He's just, just if you've got a spare moment on YouTube and look up his best ever yeah. goal, he just takes on like the whole team and uh, he's doing pirouettes and all sorts. Great, great player. And had a formidable time with AC Milan until he joined Chelsea on loan in uh, 2000, then joined Man City permanently uh, in, in that same summer. Uh, and he regained first-team football. He didn't really play too much for Man City or Chelsea, but he did join Marseille, where he got in the first team again. And um, finally, he moved to the United Arab Emirates uh, with Al Jazeera, and he scored 13 goals in only eight appearances. So he could obviously still knock it about. Yeah. Um, pretty handy with his uh, left and right feet. Um, but yeah, what a player. It's, it's, what a man, it's still, actually. It's still, yeah, I mean, to... Uh transcend like not just your like your country but that whole continent really and become that sort of hero and then to go have his whole second career of being president of your country I mean I'm not sure what he's like as president I've not looked into the politics of Liberia too much but um, still it's insane to have that sort of career isn't it but it baffles me still that he went to play for Man City who obviously at that time were not who they are today um, like fast this, this, you know, strange move. Yeah. yeah, one point world's best player playing for a, a team struggling to for relevancy. Like it's, it's, so it's, it's yeah, well, we went to we went to Chelsea without the money as well. Yeah, and they still had Ken Bates as their chairman, whoever it was. Um, yeah, mad, absolutely mad. It's a good point. We, what was he like as a president? Again, I've not really looked into it either, no. but imagine who's our best footballer. Let's say well, he's probably of the same age. If Gary Lineker was prime minister, I wouldn't be too happy. <laughs> he might, he might be all right. He's probably better than what we got. I take Gary Neville. I think he's got <laughs> he's um, a bit of a labourite, isn't he? And I think he yeah. just he ca- he cares enough for it to make sense to yeah those uh, poorest in the community. I think uh, there we are. Um, right into acting of our lives, which form of it were you want to be a prime minister? And we could maybe Gazza. do a vote. We could do a vote. <laughs> That'd be funny, though. Gaza and Boris have got a lot in common, haven't they? <laughs> to be Just fair, like their mannerisms and <laughs> children. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, yeah, we should frame the brackets. <laughs> All right, let's before we get sued, let's move on to Romario. Again, yes. similar to Baggio, when you think of Romario, I think 94 World Cup. Yeah, for sure. But I, this is one, I, when I was doing some research today, I just couldn't believe how deep his career goes. And again, it's now in politics. Yeah, he's the senator of Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Which is mad. Um, so he actually retired in 2009, which is just stupid. So well, yeah. into his, well into his 40s, I believe. I think he started um, in the 80s as well, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's where he made his name. So he made his name with obviously Brazil and with PSV in the in the in the in the eighties and nineties uh, with Barcelona. And his goal record was insane. I think he's I think he's still he's still got the best per goal ratio per minutes played. I think of any player, I believe. Yeah. I know he's only scored he scored six hundred ninety goals in his club career, as in like in leagues and stuff. Um, but including friendlies and international matches, he's got over a thousand goals. Now, although that is slightly disputed, uh, the former World Cup winner has scored 132 goals for Vasco da Gama in only two years between 2006 and 2008. Um, so even when he was like nearly 40, he still got over 132 goals in two seasons. 
um, in, in Syria and Brazil, which is, I know that in, in South America is what the Premier League is like for Europe. Does that make sense? That league, that Brazilian league is top tier. You think of the players, like Neymar was around then, he was early. Um, they got some very, very good players in that league, so don't let that fool you. What I find quite funny is that he signed for Vasco da Gama three times in the noughties alone. He got a light sign with them, left them and went to Fluminense, left Fluminense, went to Vasco, then left and went to um, some think... side in Australia and then went back. Like, yeah. Right. yeah. Do, you think he, um, do you think it was like a uh, every time he signed for him, it was the intention of returning to your boyhood club, finish your career out of your boyhood club, and then. Uh, it just... You got not, tempted back in. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I can't imagine he needed, needed the money. No. So I, I think he just loved playing football. Like Even in his last season with Vasco da Gama, he still scored 15 goals and 19 appearances. So he's, he's like... Do you think he's just got like some mad, like, don't say autism, but kind of like OCD, where he just like has to get that result? Yeah, maybe. Like, I... <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those ones where, except I can't imagine it's money. Um, it must just be love of football. And maybe he just hadn't found his love of politics at that point either. I don't know. Just can't, maybe one of those people just has to work, can't be sat at home being bored. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's a good point to be fair. Fair play. And um, yeah, I've forgotten about a player. I don't think he's mentioned in the likes of uh, some of the other greats, you know, Ronaldo's, etc. Oh, no, Ronaldo. Um, and a few of the others, like Baggio, maybe. I think it deserves to be there. Yeah, definitely. Um, go on to our next English, English player. This one through me as well. Only just gets into the naughtiest minds. What, what era or what year do you think of when I mentioned the name David Platt? Platt's a weird one, actually, because... I can remember. I can definitely remember him as a young boy in like the nineties. But he's a name that my dad would speak of. And whenever I think about my dad speaking about football, I'm thinking of like eighties, really. Do you know what I mean? Mm, but, yeah. Um, yeah. So you can. I do. Oh, I do have a weird recollection that he played for way too long. Actually, but I'm trying to think of a club. Oh, it's not that common, is it? All right, put me on misery. Where, where did he end up? Um, so obviously, if I remember him, if he scored that really kind of last minute backhill spinning goal against Belgium, like in '92, uh, when Graham Taylor was manager of England. Um, but he went to Arsenal under Wenger and then moved to mm. Nottingham Forest in '99, officially retiring yeah. in 2001. Okay, so it's Forest. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was some sort of like weird sort of club where it's like you, you sort of club that can attract a player based on history, isn't it? But hoping it will re- rejuvenate them, especially at that time. I'm sure there's people sort of believe that oh, Forest can get in back into Premier League, we're a big enough name that they can attract interest and investment, and it's just never quite happened for them. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, maybe very quickly. I'll ask you them. Uh, Respect about my lot. Mark Hughes, obviously a legend with United, um, a traitor at Chelsea. Um, again, it's done the rounds all over the place. Yeah. 
don't really need to speak about him. We've spoken about him enough before. Um, obviously, moved to Everton briefly in 2000, I think, and then um, went to Blackburn Rovers and then yeah. went left to become a manager. Obviously, won the League Cup with them as well in 2002, which we've definitely spoken about before. Um, but yeah, I think Mark Hughes, I think late, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, for sure. Um, but to and win a trophy even in 2002 with a Blackburn size, you know. Yeah. I think even when we did the sort of Blackburn episode, I was still, even though I've heard it a few times, it still shocks me because when I think of him at Blackburn, I only ever think of him managing. It still sort of throws me back. Oh, yeah, he played for a bit as well for Blackburn. Because at that point, yeah, obviously he's old enough to go into management. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. the way he does. Um, but some of you know, yeah, this just this sort of stuff just doesn't happen as much anymore, does it? P- players retire a bit younger. They've got a bit more money in their pocket. They don't need. Yeah, to go in. Uh, it's a shame, really, because um, yeah, or they I do go and pay out their career. It's in the Middle East or Asia or oh, unless you're Slatan. Yeah. Ronaldo, or Ronaldo, or Messi. But, oh, I yeah, but I, th- I think players can do it. A lot longer than they think they can, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the game for games change so much, isn't it? So much yeah. more intricate. I think we're knows. seeing it though that, like, if you're at that top top level, you don't really have to drop down as much. Where maybe in the past there was a bit more like, oh, you'll probably pass your peak. Where now you're seeing your Ronaldo's and your Messi's and your Slatans saying, "Yeah, I'm 38, but I'm still better than most other players." So yeah. use me, and at, at this high level. Like, you know, Slatan went to LA and obviously realised I don't I could still play in the major leagues. What am I doing here? Yeah. I'm sure he's very happy with the paydays and appearing on like Jimmy Kimmel and stuff. But um, <laughs> yeah. you want those trophies, don't you? When you're that sort of player, just had a vision of him going on the uh, James Corden show over there, and just like <laughs> roundhouse kicking him. <laughs> oh, if we need that, should happen. Someone please make that happen. That'd be funny. Um, <laughs> Gabriel Batistuta, again, a, a player I think mid noughties I think Fiorentina, um, Argentina as well, 98 World Cup. For sure. That's all I think about as well. Obviously, went to Inter briefly. Oh, he went to Roma first. Then he was on loan at Inter from Roma in the early noughties, uh, up until 2002, I believe. Um, and then went to Qatari club Al. Arabi, and he was still pretty decent. He scored 25 goals in 21 appearances, so uh, had a plus goal percentage record there. Um, yeah, and he retired in 2005, which again is a lot later than I thought. Yeah, I, for sure. I used, I used to rinse FIFA 04 and 05. Yeah, and yeah. I never remember seeing him. I suppose back then you didn't have the uh, Qatari so, leagues. No, but he, maybe I suppose <laughs> you thought I like, grab him internationally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we should go yeah. back and play all the like the J League and like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things, see, see all these random players pop up. See, see who we can find. Oh, that's so, where that's where Ilano was. <laughs> Martin Petrov, all these players. Oh, uh, finally, then our final player is a one club man, or so you thought. So, who is the ultimate one club man? Jared. <laughs> oh, no, no, he, he, he went to Galaxy. Um, you probably won't like him. Oh, is it? Is, is, he, is he from up the road? Does he wear red oh. and white stripes? Yeah. Is it Matt Lissin's here? It is. Did he go play for like some local Southampton side like Eastleigh or someone? Yeah, he did. He played for Eastleigh. Yeah, okay. 
So it's easy, easy, ultimate one club man uh, with Southampton. You accomplished so much of them as well. Stayed with them through thick and thin, through relegations, and scored some of the most audacious and most brilliant goals I think you'll ever see. What what, what um, I find amazing about him is that he kept them up single-handedly for so many years, literally the year after he retired, they got relegated. Yeah. That's, that's how integral he was. And that's no diss to the rest of them, obviously. And, you know, being a Pompey fan, like, Matt Tizier obviously is a little bit of a fun person to hate. But I think I've told the story here before, but he, uh, Alan Knight is, like, he was almost a one-club man for us, essentially. He was a goalkeeper and he had chances to go elsewhere and stayed. When he had his testimonial, uh, Letizia came and played and he played half a game in a Pompey shirt and half a game for Southampton side. But when he scored for Pompey, he ran up to the front end, everyone's going crazy, and he takes off his Pompey <laughs> shirt to reveal Southampton shirt with number one scummer on the back. And like, how can you not love that? Yeah, you know I mean? fair, he's playing to the crowd, isn't he? Yeah. I think again, he gets really cool, really. For yeah, all well, that too. <laughs> he used to get McMuffins on the way to the game. Didn't he? Um, <laughs> I think it's really cool. Like, it could, he doesn't get compared to like the greats of that 90s mm. period, like you'd like your Andy Coles, your Shearers, and stuff, because he hasn't scored as many goals in them, but he's still got close to 200 goals, career goals. I know he said earlier with um, Cliver that oh, he's not as good as people remember because he got. 150 or goals. Let's is similar, but let's just see was doing it in Southampton side full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, not sure. only was it not only was he doing it in the Southampton side that wasn't very good, he was doing it while flicking it over, you know, mm. Arsenal people's heads from fucking miles out from the halfway line. You know what I mean? I think there's a... Uh, there is definitely an argument to be had for him. Of like, can you imagine how good he could have been if he went somewhere else and if he wasn't betting on games and eating McMuffins on his way or whatever but also he was living his best life wasn't he so yeah absolutely you see you know how, like Tony Aboa like dines out on those two great goals he scored yeah Letizia is just you know just leaps and bounds even above that um but there we go but yeah so he didn't actually retire with Southampton in 2002 which again I assumed he retired in like 98 or 99 um, and then he would actually churn out maybe for he did e- get ready to go to that season yeah and then uh, he would churn out for Eastleigh between 2002 and 2004 um, he played blue officially. by the way so yeah there there we go. Go. <laughs> uh, secret the secret's out um, <laughs> so there we go that, that is the uh, bunch of legends that you may have thought retired in the 90s but actually carried on during the noughties. I'm surprised uh, now, we got through that without mentioning, not that anyone doesn't know, but without mentioning the whole Edgar Davids Barnet fiasco. I think that's a whole different, we need to, a reason, <laughs> I didn't, a reason I didn't put that one in is because obviously Davids was quite famously at Juventus and Spurs in the noughties. Yeah. Um, I saw him play for Spurs. I, um, I, I realised, uh, I was looking up and I realised I saw his Crystal Palace debut in the League Cup Again, Portsmouth at Fratton Park, where they drew one-one and lost four-three in penalties against Pompey. I remember seeing. I was so excited to see him play in the Premier League. And I was like, I he didn't play for like he signed for Palace, didn't play for like the first three games because he was injured. Mm. I was like, oh, he's finally going to play. And he was shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. But uh, bit of a legend. 
Um, but I want to get a Palace fan on or a, or a Barnet fan or something and speak about yeah. that time. Um, I, think, yeah. I think that's what we need to do. Uh, we should get one Palace fan, one Barnet fan and one Tottenham fan. <laughs> have all their different opinions. Get them to rank it out of 10. <laughs> IX fan, Juventus fan. Yeah, all. all of them. Oh, God. Absolutely. A long career. Ne- Netherlands fan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. Red card. Okay, um, so to wrap up this mini episode, we're going to play a new game, which we may, we may be returning in the uh, Christmas quiz going up in a couple of weeks' time. The game is called Who Am I? I've got five players. I'm going to go through their transfer history. Five. Why? Harry has to guess the players. I've made it purposely quite easy. So play along at home. But I think you'll do well here. Um, so you've got to, I'm going to go through their transfer history. Um, again, these clubs kind of they could be in the 90s, they could be in the 2010s, but they definitely go through the noughties at some point, right. uh, making them relevant to this podcast. So yeah, I'm going to start with the first club they're at, go through to the club they retire with, and you've got to guess the player. Are you ready? As I will ever be. Okay, are you ready at home? Here we go. First player started at Frankfurt. Okay. Then he moved to Fernabache. Fernabache, yeah. And PSG. Yeah. PSG to Bolton Wanderers. Right. Bolton Wanderers to Qatar SC. Yeah. And Qatar SC. It's a whole city where he retired. The whole city. Yeah. And the player is... JJ Kotcher. Of course it is. All right, cool. So it wasn't that bad. You know, <laughs> Harry, Harry was squirming. And he, was it Bolton that gave it away or was it? This was PSG to Bolton move. And then when you're like, oh, whole, and I'm like, oh, Qatar could definitely see him going to. And then you say, like, oh, whole city. I was like, oh, yeah, there was that brief period, wasn't there? Absolutely. Okay, next one's a bit harder because it's only three teams. Ajax. Mm-hmm. Inter Milan. Yeah. Arsenal. Oh, it is hard. Ajax into Arsenal. They're screaming at home. So many players that play for Ajax and Arsenal. Who went to Inter in between? What do you think? It's all through your thinking. I'm, I'm presuming they're Dutch. And I don't think Arsenal had too many Dutch players. No. That's what I'm trying to work out. It's going to be really obvious, isn't it? Yes. Oh, God. This is why I hate it. It's because... <laughs> I'll give you a clue. So, uh, when he was making these transfers, he probably didn't fly. Oh, shit. What is this? All right. I know who this is. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> he's scared. Yeah, he's scared of flying. <laughs> this is going to kill me. <laughs> He's not. Oh, which one is? Ajax. Yes, Dennis Bergkamp. Right. So I couldn't think. I'm, I'm picturing like all these Arsenal players. I'm like, <laughs> okay, which one is Dutch? Yeah. I was like, He's Swedish. It can't be him. <laughs> <laughs> what you thought of Anders Limpa or uh, Freddy Freddy Limpo? Yeah. <laughs> Just trying to picture players of that era. Yeah, fair right. enough. Uh, next one. 
Oh, more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're well happy with JJ Okocha, I think. Anyway. It's two for two, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vittoria. Yeah. Porto. Okay. Spurs. Right. Portsmouth. Yeah. Rangers. Yeah. Sporting Lisbon. Yeah. Victoria. Yeah. All and right. the player is Pedro Mendes. Of course it is. There we are. Nice and easy. All right. All right. So you've noticed... when you're like Spurs Portsmouth, I'm going Ricardo Rocha. <laughs> <laughs> um so we, you can sort of see the trend. We go from easy to a little bit difficult to easy to a little bit difficult. So next one. Melbourne Knights. Okay. Dynamo Zagreb. Okay. Celtic. Yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Middlesbrough. Okay. Newcastle. Oh, it's hard. Oh, I, I completely forgot he retired with Newcastle, to be fair. So I think with the amount of times you spoke about Middlesbrough, you might get this. He's an Aussie. I can't say anything. The deal, deal detective. Oh, right? Viduka. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Viduka. It's for Newcastle. It is. The Newcastle is like, throw me, but I do remember yeah. him there, actually. Yeah. I hated him just because he always bloody scored anytime <laughs> we played him. He scored good goals as well. He's, uh, yeah. he scored a lot of goals. I think he's got close to like 300 and something. He scored more than Baggio. And I always forget he's Australian as well. So mm. I was quite happy I remembered that. He's, he's, he was part Croatian as well, hence why he played for the Diamonds, I remember. And uh, yeah, last of all, Bolton Wanderers. Yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. West Ham. Yeah. Leighton Orient. Oh, that's what's throwing me. Knotts County. Okay. No, I see. I thought I was onto it. It's last two. Again, this transcends the noughties. Could be the 2010s and the not. Bolton, Newcastle, West Ham, Orient, the County. So last two, isn't it? I was sort of feeling quite okay with the first three. Um, Who are you thinking? Who are you thinking? I'm thinking that time, Notts County started signing up a bunch of people. But what was the first player that came into head? Well, what? Just I don't even know if it's the right order because of those three teams of Bolton. No, oh, actually, he was never at Newcastle. Just forget that. Um, I have a feeling. Going? I have a feeling. It's the player you you were going to say. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed to even say who it was. It's definitely not. I reckon if you say it, it'll be right. I know no. you well enough. No. Yeah, I reckon it is. Uh, <laughs> say it, say it. No. Say it. Say it, say it. All right, it's, I reckon it's a player you're too scared to say, in case it's wrong. That's <laughs> why I hate this. Um, Just say it, get out, get over and done with it. No, because I know it's not. <laughs> we're, on, we're on different wavelengths right now. <laughs> Honestly, say it. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. But it's, nah. at least it's out of the way. Just, just tell me. I'm not. I'm, 
I'm waving a white flag. <laughs> I reckon as soon as I say it, you're going to go, it's hit. Oh, of course it is. No, I'm not. Bolton, Newcastle, West Ham, Leighton Orient, Notts County. Okay, I'll say it, but just before I say it, who's the player you were going to say? <laughs> well, this is, one, this is why I know it's not that player, because I was in my head, I'm like, oh, it's Bolton, okay. I was like, maybe he was at Newcastle and then he ended up at West Ham. And I was going to say Nolan, but there's no way it's him. It's Kevin Nolan. No way! He did not play for Leighton Orient and not Scully. <laughs> he did! When? <laughs> in like 2015 or something. Just, See, I, I, I was right though. I knew you knew who it was. I just couldn't imagine. I can't ever... <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the fact that he ended up at Orient and... He played it, to be fair, I don't think he played a game for Notts County, but he, will, he definitely signed for them. Bizarre. Bizarre. You're annoyed for yourself. Yeah. I mean, four out of five. Like, basically, a five out of five. I was just... Because oh, so, I, I knew, I knew, so I knew you knew what it was. Uh, yeah, quite right. There we go. Well, what an ending. What an ending to the interim podcast. Um, again, a bit of a short episode. No guests this week, but they'll be back next week. And then after that, we have the uh, all-important football Christmas quiz. Uh, well, we we will be giving away a signed Spain shirt, signed by, of course, Xavi Alonso of Naughty's fame. Um, so until next time, look after yourselves, look after each other, have a nice mince pie or something. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> until next time. Simon Lodge County. Yeah, Simon Lodge County. Team. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.